Hey hurdlers, welcome back to another hurdle moment in honor of all the small hurdles we're conquering each and every day. This week, I'm chatting all about how to start and stay running, which if we're being honest, is probably the second most often question that I get in my inbox, either in my email or my DMs, next to last week's hurdle moment topic of how do I become a morning person. If you haven't checked that out yet, I definitely suggest you give it a listen. You know the drill by now, we are on week three of these hurdle moments and it seems to be something that you guys are really into. Uh, I'm really digging all of your feedback. I love when you send me your topic suggestions and what I adore even more than that is when you share the podcast with a friend. You know, it's never going to get old each and every week when I come back on here to record these. I'm uh, able to say the sentence, it was the biggest week ever for the podcast. That's all because of you guys and tuning in and sharing it and all the things. So please, if you haven't done so yet, make sure to rate and review the podcast by clicking the link with the description to this episode. Share it with a friend, send it to your mom, send it to your colleague, whoever. I appreciate all the support. You guys are the best. I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet this week because we got some running to do. So with that, let's get to this week's hurdle moment. I know this might be hard to believe considering how often I run in my life now, but there was a time that I absolutely despised it. Once tipping the scale up more than 200 pounds, I hated that I wasn't good at running, which really made me not want to do it at all. When I was a sophomore in high school, I didn't make the JV volleyball team because I couldn't run a mile in under 10 minutes. I tried really really hard. And all throughout growing up, my brother would always tell me to go run a mile when I was bothering him, which he knew got under my skin because, well, I felt as though I just couldn't do it. If you've listened to episode one of the podcast and you've heard some of this story before, but for the sake of this topic, it feels relevant to glaze over some of the details of how I started running in the first place. When I started back in 2007, I was working at a summer camp in Madison, Connecticut. I was a rising junior in college. I had lost about 35 pounds by learning how to eat better, and I refused to let all of that progress go by the wayside. So... I decided to start running. You know, I didn't have a regular gym available to me at this job, and I wasn't willing to go back to where I was. So it feels like yesterday, the first day I put on a pair of cotton black Target leggings that were, I'm sure, see-through, a sports bra, a pair of sneakers, and went out and got after it. And I thought that I was running a mile and I went and ran that same distance every single day. And you know what? It actually really was successful in a few ways. First and foremost, I continued to lose weight. I think I lost another 20 pounds that summer. And then also I learned to enjoy running for what it was. Now, the funny part about this is that I thought I was running a mile. What I was actually running was about a half mile and it took me 14 minutes to do it. I'm pretty sure if I tried really hard, I could walk a mile today in 14 minutes. But that wasn't the point. The point, again, was that I had developed a relationship with running. It made me feel better. It made me feel productive. And I was slowly coming to terms with the fact that it was something that I was capable of. Fast forward, I have now run seven marathons on 
two different continents. And that's all because of that one summer when I was willing to put in the work. So part of me feels like this podcast episode is sort of silly because in theory, all you really need to start running is the will to run. But even mustering that up can be difficult, especially if you have past experiences that make you feel as though you're not good at running, aka for me, the criticisms from my brother and that not exactly 10 minute mile in high school. But this all brings me to step number one on how to start running. You've got to shift the dialogue. I'll use my mom as an example. And by the way, I love you, mom. (laughs) If you ask her point blank, she'll say, I can't run. When she starts to run, and these are her words, not mine, she gets out of breath quickly and can only keep up a steady jog for a few minutes before she needs to stop. (laughs) If you were seeing me talking about this into the microphone right now, you would also see generous air quotes. But here's the thing. It's not that she's incapable of running. It's that she feels as though she's incapable of running. It's like me saying, I'm not a fast runner. The reality is that really, that too is interpretive. And although I might feel that way, I recognize that I have the opportunity to change that. Just like my mom has the opportunity to become a runner. And so do you. So step one, shift the dialogue. Instead of saying, I'm not a runner, say, I haven't done much running, but I'm open to trying it. That's the first door that you can open on your path to lacing up on the regular. Step two, start with no goal or a simple time goal. And by time goal, I mean, tell yourself, okay, today I'm going to run for 10 minutes. And that's because it's a huge accomplishment to make running a habit, period. You need to celebrate that before you can start checking off other major milestones that come with running. For me, those 15 minutes every day that summer were the time that I was taking for myself. It didn't matter how far I was going or how fast I was going, but just the simple fact that I was getting out there and doing it. Once you say to yourself, okay, I feel like I've got these 10 minutes under my belt or whatever your time increment might be, then maybe you can up that. Then maybe you can up that. And then maybe you can up it again. And before you know it, well, that's how progress happens. Step number three, find your jam. I'm not even exaggerating. For the first two years of me falling in love with running, a lot of that had to do with me finding the right playlist. I'm a music runner. I grew up dancing. Fun fact, I used to teach hip hop in college. (laughs) And I can run to any playlist that has songs at my BPM, which is beats per minute. For me, that hovers at roughly 92 I even laugh sometimes at the songs that are on my Run Your Mind playlist, which literally have been legacy additions since my first ever race. Stuff like No Diggity, Feeling It by Jay-Z, Barbie Dreams by Nicki Minaj. I hate to say this out loud, but I don't know if you remember when Brooke Hogan had a brief singing stint. Yeah, I have a song by Brooke Hogan on my running playlist. Oh my God, I can't believe I just admitted that. Anyway, for me, I get lost in the beat. And eventually, when I built up my stamina, running just became my way to zone out into this music playlist and let go. But here's the thing. That's not everybody's thing. And that's cool. More recently, as you can assume, I've become a podcast runner a lot of the time. Aside from Hurdle, I'm hooked on some like short story long, group chat, The Daily, Up First, Almost 30, Oprah's Masterclass, what else? Uh, How I Built This, 
skimmed from the couch. I mean, the list goes on. I could rant about these for a while. Some people, on the other hand, are no music, no podcast runners. They're all about homing in on that mind-body connection and listening to their feet hitting the pavement. Regardless of what is your thing, find something that enhances your run and lean into that. It took me years to be able to run naked. And by the way, the first time I heard that term, I totally laughed and thought it meant legit running without your clothes on. But what it really means is running without any sort of technology or music whatsoever. So no phone, no music, no Apple Watch, no Strava, no nothing. I felt as though I wasn't capable of continuing on without the extra help at first once I tried it. But the reality was, just like a lot of other things that scare us, I just needed to try it. I needed to allow myself to feel the run. And now, even though I still classify myself as a music runner for the most part, there are some days that I actually really look forward to just absorbing how it all feels. No music, just me, my sneakers, and the pavement. Which brings me to step four, don't give up. Guys, again, seven marathons in, I have runs that suck all the time. Obviously, at first, it feels like some runs are worse than others. And some days, I feel like I never got over that first hurdle to begin with. Some days, I feel like I'm still a sophomore in high school and I'm not exactly doing this whole putting one foot in front of the other thing well. Some days, I immediately retreat back to my apartment within just a few minutes of leaving it. But just like life... Every run happens to teach us something. The good ones, the bad ones, the subpar ones, the ones that you hardly remember because maybe you were slightly hungover while executing it. Whatever the case may be, just don't give up on yourself. Remember, as long as you are moving forward, you are taking a step in the right direction. Step number five, sign up for a race. Okay, this is a big, exciting deal. If you're onto this step, you've probably gotten to a point where you feel comfortable running a little bit. And the good news is that there are races of all different types. I'm literally running a half marathon here on Sunday, the Shape Woman's Half Marathon. If anybody else is doing it, hit me up. And then I'm also running another mile, yes, a single mile race in June. You could pick a 5K, maybe a 10K. Just do me a favor and be smart about your goal setting. While it's admirable that you might be at a place where you want to sign up for something like a half marathon or even a marathon, right? off the bat, that's probably not the wisest idea. So start small, get a feeling for what it feels like to be a part of a race, visualize crossing the finish line, cross the finish line, check off that major bucket list accomplishment, and then move on to a bigger and different goal. Trust me, there's plenty of time to cross off all of the things on your running bucket list. And now, lastly, step six, an honorary last step find a friend. So here's the deal. You know, there's so much research about how taking on new challenges with friends not only holds you accountable, but when it comes to sport, working out with someone that's slightly better than you can actually encourage you to work harder and go for longer than if you were going at it alone. But here's the thing. For years, and I mean like probably five or six years from the point where I started running, It wasn't something that I wanted to do with other people. For me, in those early years, 
Running was symbolic of me giving back to myself, and I still feel that way these days. But then again, there are a lot of benefits to that as well. I'm so, so lucky to live just a couple blocks from one of my best friends who has also morphed into my once or twice weekly running buddy. Whenever we decide the night before at around 9, 30, 10 o'clock that we're going to run the next morning, it's something that just keeps me on my toes. It's never really about pace. It's more about us just having the opportunity to catch up log some miles, and like I said, hold each other accountable. It's something that makes my day better. It's something that I look forward to. And uh, it's really awesome to be able to share something you're passionate with somebody else. Again, these are just a few of my simple, easy tools on how to start and stay running. Take it slow. Remember, it's a privilege to run. It's a privilege to move our bodies. And again, every single run isn't going to be a home run, especially at first. And that's okay. What I know is that running has made me a better person. It's taught me so much about diligence. It's instilled in me that I'm capable of anything that I set my mind to and that some days things are going to be hard and I'm going to get through it. Life really is, in my eyes, just one big run, one long marathon. Every day I lace up, and some days it feels effortless, and other days it feels like a nightmare. But I get to decide where I go next, what turns to make, the playlist to play, the pace to set. And that's the beauty of it all, right? Understanding that if you are willing to put in the effort, then it's all up to you. And that's all I got for today. Thanks again for tuning in. If you like what you hear, make sure to head on over to the iTunes store. Click the link with the description to this episode and rate and review Hurdle. Also, share the podcast. Tag me. Let me know how you're running, where you're running, what your next race is. I want to be in the loop. At Hurdle Podcast, at Emily Abadi. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>